The Sunday Review with Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of The Sunday Review. Annabelle Larkin will be telling us about the personal safety courses she runs in Forest Row. David and Mary McLaughlin from Dormansland Baptist Church are back to update us on how their community hub is going and to talk about some pop-up events they have coming up. And Marlene Rabi will be telling us how she's getting the people of Hammerwood and Holtai fit with her Bell and Blast classes. Paul Tolmy will be chatting to Hannah Carter from Ensemble Reza about the musical group and their taster session and concert at The Hawth. He'll also be finding out all about Choir & Co and their upcoming concert at St Swithin's Church from choir member Lynn Fallowell. And Carrie Overton will be talking to Lauren Cashman about the mind, body, yoga and Pilates. All coming up in this edition. Unfortunately, we hear more and more stories in the news about people being attacked in the street, which begs the question, would any of us have the mental and physical skills to deal with an unexpected and potentially dangerous situation? Actively Safe deliver personal safety courses in Forest Row and throughout Sussex, Surrey and Kent. I'm delighted to be joined by the founder, Annabelle Larkin, who herself is a self-defence and personal safety instructor. Annabelle, welcome to the show. How did Actively Safe come about? Thank you. So Actively Safe came about um, really when I became a mother myself. Um, I'd previously had a, a corporate career and when when I had children myself, I became very conscious that one day they would be um, having to live more independently um, from those first moments when you let your children walk to school by themselves to, you know, becoming a more independent teenager, enjoying their own social life and eventually moving on to, to leave home and, and live in the world uh, independently. And I've always had an interest in martial arts. I've been involved in martial arts since um, I was a teenager. And um, I really wanted to combine my love of martial arts with being able to help people live, live confidently, live without fear. Um, and that's, that's when I decided to train as a um, self-defense instructor and personal safety coach. So how did things evolve from your interest in martial arts and, and becoming an instructor into the services that you offer today? So um, today I run a series of workshops um, and I also run workshops in schools. So um, I think I think this is where we need to be a bit careful. Um, although having a background in, in martial arts, it made me quite aware that sometimes that ne doesn't necessarily translate to the, the type of skills that you may require on the street. Um, so as much as there's crossover between martial arts and self-defense, I think the self-defense aspect is more focused on um, Things like everything that, that comes before needing to physically defend yourself. So we, we talk about principles of personal safety. We talk about um, awareness and, you know, not being distracted. You just have to walk down the, down the road or through your local town and you can see how many people have their head stuck in their mobile phone um, completely unaware of what's going on around them. So... So things like awareness plays a really, really big part of our personal safety. Um, and then avoiding situations that we don't necessarily have to, to be a part of, you know, sen senseless fights or things that 
that might break out in the street. We don't, we don't need to be a part of that if we can avoid it. Um, and also dialogue, um, how we use our voice to reinforce boundaries or maybe de-escalate situations. So these are all, all principles of, of personal safety that I teach as, as part of my workshops. And then as the, the final element of that it is the physical um, self-defense skills. Um, and the reason that I say that it's slightly different to martial arts is because if you have to defend yourself in the street, you know, you're, you're going to be under extreme stress or maybe very fearful. And that limits what your body can actually do in those situations. So the techniques that we teach from um, a physical point of view, they have to be simple techniques. They have to be easy to recall in times of, of great distress. Now, you've got a number of workshops coming up in Forest Row. Tell us a little bit more about what those workshops are. So coming up next week, um, got a women's self-defence workshop. So that's for three hours um, as from 9.30. I've also got some workshops coming up over half term for teens. And that's really aimed at anyone 11 plus um, so I've got one on Wednesday, the 15th of February in Forest Row and one on Thursday, the 16th of February in Oxid. Um, and then I've got at the end of February, some mother and daughter workshops. So that's something quite new, but proving quite popular. So the chance of mothers to come with, with their teenage daughters and learn some skills together. And then again, in the Easter holidays, I'll be running some more workshops aimed at teens and do people need to know anything before they turn up or will you teach them everything they need to know in the workshop yeah no previous experience is required at all um, it's a very safe welcoming environment for people to to practice to meet one another um, I will talk them through everything that they need to know and hopefully at the end of those sessions they will go away feeling a, a bit more confident so how much does it cost to come to one of the workshops? So workshops are £30 for the, for the three hours. Okay, and how can people book and find out more information? So all information is on my website, which is activelysafe.co.uk. And you'll see there's a, a bookings section on the website, which will take you through to more information about the workshops and you can book from there. Fantastic. Annabelle, thanks so much for your time today and for telling us more about Actively Safe. Brilliant. Thank you. If you'd like to find out more about the self-defence and personal safety workshops that Annabelle runs, visit activelysafe.co.uk. That's activelysafe.co.uk. We'll post a link on Twitter at SundayReview107 and on facebook.com forward slash SundayReview107. Following on from the twice-weekly community hub we featured a few months ago, the Dormansland Baptist Church are also running some pop-up events for the local community. To tell us more, I'm delighted to be rejoined by David and Mary McLaughlin, the joint pastors from the church. Welcome to the show, both of you. Now, since we last spoke, how's the community hub been going? Well, it's been going really well. It was quite slow to take off, but it's now we last week we had 24 people. And it's a mixture of people who come along together and play games, uh, come to work, come to enjoy other people's company and enjoy food and drink together. So it's been very successful and we've been really encouraged by 
the diversity of people and the numbers. And I gather it's been so popular you've added a third venue. Yes, we have added Carriage House, which is the Quaker Centre just down along Dormans Road, and they are running the hub on a Wednesday from 11 till 3. There's is slightly different. They would struggle to have children because it's a retreat centre, so they really need people who are not going to make a lot of a lot of noise. But the good thing is that that means that it's running Tuesday at St John's, Wednesday there and Friday at ours. So it just feels like it, there's more on offer for people in the village. And is it still running from 9am till 3pm each day? Yes, yes. Now, I think when we originally spoke, you said it was going to be running over winter. Are there plans for it to continue for longer? Yes, well, the agreement was that we would run it to the end of March and then we're going to hopefully meet with um, the manager at Claridge House and with Nigel Hinton from St John's over the next couple of weeks just to talk through how we go forward, whether it continues at all three venues at the same times or whether it continues at one or two of them. Um, and in what shape that will look like over the over the summer. And I, I think we, we probably also ought to acknowledge that um, Surrey County Council have been very helpful. They gave us a bit of funding to cover um, some of the costs up to March and also um, provided a couple of laptops so that people, if they arrived and wanted to get online, um, they could do that while they're at the hub. So that's been really helpful as well. That's really good. Now, as I mentioned in my intro, you're running a series of pop-up events. One of them is a brunch on the first Saturday of each month. What's the idea behind that? Well, that started actually before the hub started. That started last May when we felt as a church that we really wanted to build community within Dormansland. And I'd always thought that the village could do with a coffee shop, but I think running a coffee shop is probably far beyond us, but we could dip our toe in as as it were to see what running a once a month community brunch would be like so we we tried it in may and it was very successful i think we had between 25 and 30 people uh, we put the word out on facebook and we got lots of lots of people coming along and oh so then we didn't do it in june because of the queen's um platinum jubilee and we celebrated that as with along with the rest of the village instead and um, but then July and then starting in September, we moved it to the first Saturday and we'd sort of settled on the time being 9.30 to 12.30 serving brunch. Just to chip in on what you get if you if you come to the brunch, it, it's um, there's a fantastic uh, bacon and egg roll. Um, but then also lots of other things as mushrooms and toast and beans and toast and what have you um, and also and pastries. And then there's a there's a. A special each month as mm -hmm. well which seems to go down very well yes last last month we uh, really really branched out and we did uh, an, a south indian brunch and we did doses with chutneys and potato curry and that was very well received we're very very excited about that yeah. because we're getting a really good number of regulars and different people pop in from the community every every month and we've got one walking group from the ywi that that faithfully come every month with their dogs and um yeah, and often their husbands join them as well for the for the brunch, which is great. How does the pop-up brunch work? Do you need to book a place or can you just turn up and what sort of costs are involved? They don't need to book a, a place to come. They can just arrive. If there is a large group, it's quite helpful to know roughly what time they'll come so we can make sure there's space you know, together because there's lots of different tables and we, we can reserve one table 
or two for a larger group. And the costs are very minimal. We're really just looking to cover the uh, food, but we also do it on a suggested donation. So we would rather people came and had something to eat and didn't give anything or gave whatever they could afford than felt that they had to had to pay our suggested donation. But to, just to give you an example, um, the bacon butty is, is £2, the suggested donation of £2.50 and all our drinks are unlimited refills. So yes, we try and be as generous as we can be. Yeah, yeah, and the and the, the monthly special is usually at a at a very good rate. I think the the, the doses and that whole plateful was two pounds fifty, uh, including spiced tea, which was also very popular. Now I gather you're running a pop up pancake day on Shrove Tuesday. What have you got planned for that event? So the families can come along, or don't have to be families. Anybody can come along from three fifteen on the 20, Tuesday the 21st of February and we shall serve pancakes. We haven't finalised our costs yet but it, they will be um, just a reasonable amount to cover the cost of the ingredients um, to, to have as many pancakes as you want. Lots of different toppings, Nutella and maple syrup and lemon juice etc. We, we, we've done similar things elsewhere before and it is remarkable how many pancakes you can get through in an afternoon. That sounds like a personal challenge that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the only, probably the only. So again, there's there's no need to book. Um, and uh, the only thing I think we're saying is that for any children that come, we'd like them to be accompanied. Um, otherwise, it can get a bit chaotic. And uh, all of these pop up events taking place at the Baptist Church. Yes, they're all at the Baptist Church. So if people would like more information about these pop-up events or the community hub, where's the best place to go? Uh, well, they're always advertised on Facebook, um, at our Dormersland Baptist Church Facebook page, and they are always in the Village Voice, which is a Dormersland publication. Uh, we'll try and get them onto our website, our Dormersland Baptist Church website. I'm not actually sure if they are or not yet, but it will be good if we, if we put them on there. Yes, most of when we do publicity for these things, mostly it goes out on the Facebook page because that's that that tends to alert people um, kind of proactively. So that works really well. So give us a quick reminder of the times and dates of the various events that you've got taking place. The pop up brunch on the on the first Saturday of every month runs from nine thirty to twelve thirty. And the pop-up pancake afternoon will start at three fifteen and run until people leave. And it's everyone's gone. And that's on Shrove Tuesday. And that's on Shrove Tuesday, the 21st of February. Mary, David, thank you so much for your time today and all the best with these latest pop-up events. Thank Thanks you very, very much, much, Tim. Good to speak to you. The Dormansland Baptist Church pop-up community brunch takes place on the first Saturday of every month from 9.30am until 12.30pm. The next one is on Saturday the 4th of March. And the pop-up Pancake Day is on Shrove Tuesday, the 21st of February, from 3.15pm until about 5.15pm. Full details are on the Dormansland Baptist Church Facebook page. We'll post a link on Twitter at SundayReview107 and on Facebook.com forward slash SundayReview107. There's a new high-intensity fitness class in town to help burn off all those excess calories. It's run by Marlene Rabi twice a week at the Hammerwood and Holtai Village Hall. Marlene is with us now to explain more. Welcome to the show. What's the new class Bell and Blast all about? Hi, Tim. Um, so for, for me, I think making sure that people enjoy fitness was my, my initial 
um, a thought process behind it. And then to make it easy, accessible, um, and straightforward. And kettlebells are just like are just that. Um, a kettlebell is quite easy to adapt and to accommodate to any fitness level. Um, so half of the class is strength based, where we run through form and making sure that um, the quality of the movement is right. And the second half is the cardio. Um, so burning those calories, like you said. <laughs> During COVID, that's kind of where all of this started for me, the training with people, because I wanted to make sure that they can see my form and I can instruct them as I go. And so Balan Blast has come from that. I I want, and I, I think being part of it encourages people to, to push themselves more because they see you do it. And they know it's, if it's hard for you, it's almost comforting in a sense that they find it hard, but you find it hard too. It's not just I'm standing there and shouting out instructions. So who's it aimed at? Is it open to everyone or are you targeting particular groups? No, so I, I'm a qualified youth exercise specialist. A big word. Okay. Um, so I can train anyone eight years plus. However, I think just because of the intensity, um, and as I said, it is strength-based at the end of the day, um, anyone age 13 plus can do it. I've trained people all the way up to age 85 with kettlebells. Um, so literally any fitness level, it doesn't matter. I always say every person is an athlete. It's just your fitness that um, is the variable, your fitness level. Um, so anyone can join. doesn't matter what age you are, what fitness level. It sounds like quite an inclusive class then. Do people need any prior experience or special equipment to take part? No. So... Uh, you definitely don't need any experience. I think for me as a personal trainer, my focus has always been to either get you back into exercise if you haven't done it in a while or to help you learn about exercise um, regardless of where you are on that spectrum. Um, you need a mat and you need plenty of water, like a lot of water. <laughs> um, and if you don't have a kettlebell with some advanced notice, I can I can bring one. Um, but ideally, you would need a kettlebell. And is there a particular weight of kettlebell that people should start with? Yeah, this is this is um, it's quite subjective. I think um, it's a tricky one. I know people tend to go for the lower weights initially because you think that's where you have to start. But you'd be surprised at your own strength. The average weight. I'd say it's between six and 10 kilograms. So you get, they they go up in increments of two. So there's two, four, six, eight, ten 10 kettlebells. I mean, they go up higher than that, obviously. Um, but for the purpose of the class, I would say eight is probably a good measure. If you're completely new to fitness and you can barely lift a shopping bag, then perhaps go for four. But yeah, most people... Six to eight, I think, is a good starting point. As we've mentioned, the classes are running at the Hamwood and Holtire Village Hall. What days and times do they take place? So Tuesdays and Thursdays um, at half past six in the evening, and it's for an hour. Um, so we get there, we do a warm-up, we do the workout, we do a cool-down, 
and all of that an hour. And how much does it cost for each session? Six pounds. Six pounds a session. So if someone listening is interested in joining you, how do they book? In order to, to book the session, you need to go to fedworthmarketing.com forward slash classes. Um, you'll see Ball and Blast. Now there's a Ball and Blast in Hand Cross and there's a Ball and Blast in use credit there. So make sure you pick the right one. You do need to book with me in advance, just so I know of numbers. Obviously, we need to accommodate everyone in a space. There's a limit on the class. But also, if you haven't exercised with me before, you need to complete a readiness to exercise questionnaire. So I need to make sure that whatever existing injuries or previous injuries you've had um, and whatever restrictions you might have at the moment, that we can work around that um, with the class. So aside from the Bell and Blast classes, have you got any other classes that you're planning to run in the future? Um, I would... I would genuinely love to do this all day, every day. <laughs> if I could, <laughs> I would, honestly. I just, I love it. Um, first and foremost, the class is instruct-led, so I do it whilst, whilst you do it. So you see me <laughs> die with you, basically. <laughs> um, and it's a hot sweater mess. <laughs> um, but at the moment, we've just got, I've just got... Um, East Grinstead, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and as I said, Handcross. Handcross only started um, last week um, also. So it's all really new. Um, and who knows, maybe one day in the future there will be more. Um, but I think these at the moment are the main focus points. I do other bits and bobs throughout the week too. Marlene, thanks so much for joining us today and good luck with the classes. Oh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, and come join us. If you're interested in getting fit with Marlene, Bell and Blast is on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6.30 until 7.30pm at the Hammerwood and Holtai Village Hall. For more information or to book, visit fitwithmarlene.com forward slash classes. That's fitwithmarlene.com forward slash classes. We'll post a link on Twitter at SundayReview107 and on facebook.com forward slash SundayReview107. Ensemble Reza is a group of friends and musicians with a shared passion of igniting a love of music in everyone. On his mid-morning show on Tuesday, Paul Tolmy found out more from Hannah Carter. We're about to hit our 10th anniversary this year, so we've been going for 10 years. Um, and we're a group of um, essentially six professional musicians, um, and that's two violins, two violas, and two cellos. But then we, um, our musicians play a range of different instruments, from um, Greek bouzouki, double bass, um, um, accordion, ukulele, um, uh, piano. So there's a, a various plethora of different instruments that the musicians play um, and we do essentially we do three things really I always say we do concerts and a whole range of concerts from evening concerts um, free lunchtime events um, taking the music out to the community through our yeah through performing um, and then we do a lot of education work so currently I think we'll talk about this a bit later but we're doing a huge education program at the moment in primary secondary and special needs schools um, and then we do a lot of community stuff and this is where our community orchestra plays a huge part so um, those are the three main things that we do 
<laughs> would you say because obviously people might look at orchestras and think, oh no, I've, I've never did up to that sort of professional standard. So this is a nice sort of stepping stone to that. Yeah, well, it's so so um, the community orchestra is a part of, um, uh, like I said, our larger program of yeah. um, things that we do. So our community orchestra um, is most definitely a thing that's w um, where we welcome absolutely everybody, really. Anybody mm. who's got an interest or a passion like I do for music, um, who can read music, because that's really, really helpful when you're playing with a group of um, other musicians, um, and has an instrument, then we would love to hear from you, and we would love you to come and join our community orchestra and it's and it's the perfect place for um young young people who are just starting out and they want to play with other people there's nothing better than actually um progressing in your musical learning when you make music with other people but also for those people who are still playing and, and practicing uh, much older in life so um even the likes of me I, you know i come and play in community orchestra so we absolutely say all ages, all abilities. And I think our youngest player at the moment is five in our wow. community orchestra. And our oldest player, get this, is now 86, actually. Yeah. So, um, and and it, it's great. You know, I, I've had people phone me and say, look, I've got an instrument in the attic. I haven't played it for years. I have no idea what state it's going to be in. You know, is the community orchestra the place for me? And my answer is absolutely 100% yes. You know, that is, you know, c you, there's nothing better than being supported by a group of professional musicians and having that opportunity to get an instrument out and get playing again. That's <coughs> the thing, isn't it? Because people, people probably look at it and think, I used to play the violin, but then circumstances happen that I don't need to anymore. So I just put it in the box and, and put it in the attic and f yeah. forgot about it. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think it, it's... It's it's really sad in in some respects, mm. you know, um, because we do spend as a musician, you spend many hours learning an instrument, you yeah. know, and lots of time practicing, and to suddenly think, oh gosh, you know, do I really want to get it out? You know, I can well imagine that. Oh, in fact, I do know this because I've had people tell me about this. The kind of fear of opening a violin case. In fact, I have one orchestra member. Um, lady who contacted me a while ago and said look I've got a violin and I'm, I'm worried about it I'm too scared to literally open the case can I can I come over and I didn't know her I said look this is where I live come over and we opened the violin case up on my kitchen table um, and okay sadly the violin came in two pieces which it shouldn't really do <laughs> but, um, but we helped her to find someone who could fix the violin and she joined the community orchestra and she got playing again and that's for many people that's what that's about but we also find that there are lots of adults who are really keen to, to get their instruments out again because their children are playing. And there's nothing better than supporting a young person in learning an instrument if you as a parent are also playing. Um, and in fact, an another funny story is I have a, a local head of music um, from Hayward Heath. She comes and plays and she always gives herself a challenge to play a different instrument so she can show her students actually the challenge that it is for anyone to pick up an instrument. So um, it, it, is, it is a difficult thing, but, but I think there's nothing better than making music with people. It's so, um, you know, um, people come out of orchestra rehearsals literally with a skip in their step, you know, um, it, uh, the, the sense of well-being is, is massive. And when it <coughs> comes to performing as well, daunting though it could be, I mean, I do, um, I've done amateur dramatics in the past and I've, yeah. I love be performing in front of a live audience and I imagine that must translate into music as well. Absolutely, yeah. And in fact, all our concerts are always a complete sellout. Mm. Our Christmas concert, we sold the tickets four weeks before the actual event, you know. Um, so it, it, it's really, yeah, it's lovely to work towards something in the community orchestra. Um, and in fact, 
we, we get called by lots of different um, um, uh, venues now to go and play there because people like to hear the community orchestra there and I think people like to see young people and old people, older people playing and making music together. I mean, we, we most certainly reflect a whole community. You know, there's a, a, a really wide age range. And, and I have to say, you know, that some of the young musicians are absolutely fantastic they're really really great and, and it's really lovely to watch a young person sitting next to somebody who may be twice three times their age and showing them how to to you know um put, uh, put the fingering in a part so they know what notes to play or or, or guiding with you know uh, uh, performing the music and and there aren't many there aren't many things in life where you might ha see that happen with young people and older people working together. So, you know, I think the community orchestra offers an awful lot to a real range of people. So you've got the event on uh, uh, Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, so you're... So people can just come along with their instrument and... Um, yeah, it, it, it would be helpful, actually, if they signed up. So if yeah. they go to our website, which is um, www.ensembleresa.com, um, and go to our community orchestra site, which is the, the tab called Play, register there, because then we can make sure you've got the link to the music and you know what to bring and, and where to go um, on the Sunday, and that would be really helpful for us. Um, but yeah, we're, we're welcoming all players, all, all ages, all abilities. Um, and it, it is, as you say, it's a taster session. We've never run the community orchestra in Crawley, but we do an awful lot of work in Crawley at the moment. And we're associate artists at the horse. So for us, we've been really keen to get an orchestra going. So this is just a, a, a trial, really, to see how it works in Crawley. Um, and rather than um, and just see how many people from Crawley turn up just on their own, we thought we'd bring our community orchestra up from Hayward Teeth. So I... I can already tell you that there's going to be at least 65, 70 musicians there on wow. Sunday, which is going to be great fun. <laughs> yeah. So if if you, like I said, if you want to join, if this is a, of any interest to you, then, you know, and if you've got an instrument in the in your attic or in your garage or behind the sofa, then you've kind of forgotten about it. Think about getting it out because we would love to hear from you. Um, and if you're listening and think, oh, I, I know that my son used to play the violin and they haven't played for years. Go and, go and give them a call and tell them about it. Mm. <coughs> so you're rehearsing from two till four and then there's a concert at four yeah. so shortly after. It's just, yeah, just shortly after. So we thought we would do it for, we'll practice for a couple of hours and we've chosen music which is really accessible on Sunday. So, um, and, um, and yeah, the idea is that we'll just workshop it, we'll just practice it for two hours with our team of professional musicians and our conductor, Steve. Um, and then we'll have a really informal, informal, friendly concert. So it's nothing, you know, it's nothing to get too worried about at all. And it's 40, the concert is about 45 minutes. So in that time, we've also got some music that will be performed by our Ensemble Reza um, professional tutor team that will be there. Um, so that will be really, really fun just to hear our tutors play as well. So um, and even if you don't want to come and play on Sunday, but you're interested in joining the community orchestra, this would be a really good time to come. Or if you're parents and you've got young kids and they're thinking about wanting to learn an instrument but don't quite know where to start, this again would be a brilliant place to come and hear a whole orchestra and see, you know, like I said, 65, 70 musicians. It's going to be a, a great, great performance mm. on Sunday. Or if you just want an afternoon out at... 
to yeah, see some music. Totally. If yeah. you just want an afternoon out and to see, you know, a real good commu- a massive community group come together. And I think there's nothing more exciting than to see a whole group of, you know, young people and, and um, a mix of generations coming together to make music is really special. Do you know what? In fact, we had a concert um, over on, on Father's Day a couple of, well, it was last year. And one dad said, I, I can't think of any better way to spend my Father's Day than to oh, watch your community orchestra. Nice. I admittedly had his children performing, but fair enough. You know, I thought that was, yeah, it's, it's testament that it would definitely be a, a fun afternoon. Hannah Carter from Ensemble Reza talking there to Paul Tolmy. And if you're quick, you may still be able to join this afternoon's taster session at the Hawthorne Crawley, which starts at 2pm. Details are available at EnsembleReza.com. That's EnsembleReza.com. Click on the play link for information. For tickets to the concert that follows at 4.30pm, visit parkwoodtheatres.co.uk forward slash the Hawth. That's parkwoodtheatres.co.uk forward slash the Hawth. We'll post all the details on Twitter at SundayReview107 and on Facebook.com forward slash SundayReview107. On Tuesday's Wellbeing Weekly, Carrie Overton spoke to Lauren Cashman about the mind, body, yoga and Pilates. I am co-owner of Mind and Body Studio on the London Road in East Winstead, so nice central location. And uh, we offer a wonderful seven-day-a-week timetable of yoga and Pilates, mixed ability classes, um, and open to everybody. So, yeah, I've taken over from uh, summer last year. How did you get into yoga and Pilates? So I have been practising yoga myself for a long time for probably 18 19 years and actually started with my husband's mum back in quite a sort of traditional way I would say in a community center with some older ladies you know hanging out I've probably been doing it a long time and um at first I felt I wasn't necessarily sure whether it was for me but it, it felt good doing it I knew mm. that and, and I think that is the hook of yoga is you know it feels good but you perhaps aren't always ready for it mm. and um, from there I dipped in and out for a while until I found a place that I could practice and it's normally connecting with the teacher and the space and then really falling in love with the practice of yoga and how it can make you feel during um, and after and then you just continue to crave that mm. in the body and how that makes you feel so um yeah continued to practice and um was approached by a teacher chatting a, another mum locally where we used to live who said that she was running a teacher training and i would i ummed and ahed for a bit because obviously it's a uh, commitment time financially i've got three daughters myself Gosh. and we also run another business so it was whether the timing was right for me and it actually definitely was. And as soon as I stepped foot into the teacher training place um, and embarked on that course, um, I knew it was an absolute perfect fit. Like I absolutely fell in love with teaching itself. So already had the love for yoga and the, and the practice, but just offering it out to people is something that I just love to share. Mm. And, yeah. and am I right in thinking that there are sort of different sorts of yoga, sort of different discipline? I don't know what you call them. Yeah, the, the world of yoga, like many things now, is vast and various right. um, and I am very passionate about offering as authentic a practice as I can. So I trained in Hatha yoga. That is what I love to teach. And um, 
There is many varieties, yeah, as I said. So you've got vinyasa, which is a more flow-based practice, but ultimately, even in a hatha class, we will still flow through some movements and it's ultimately, you know, flow of breath and movement together. Um, Gym-based yoga can be a little more fitness-based. You might get a variation there and there may not be so much focus necessarily on the spirit spiritually spirituality (laughs) um, of yoga maybe philosophy is missing a little uh, in some of those classes but ultimately it's yeah it's finding the class that works for you and some people prefer a faster paced or a hot based yoga it means um, especially if there's a set sequence that you become familiar with that and then you don't need to start thinking about what move you're going with it becomes repetitive and therefore you can become quite um, in a meditative state whilst you're practicing, right. which can be great for some people. Um, if you ask my members, I probably have never done the same yoga offering twice. Right. There's always some sort of little twist on it. And parts come together, but um, I think it's very much about reading the room and how the people feel. And so there's so many adaptations and modifications, progressions, that, and it's such an individual practice. So mm. I tend to just really feel the vibe of, who's in there and and work with them even though there'll be a core focus yeah um so there's also restorative yoga and yin where you'll hold a pose for a lot longer and breathe really well in it and ultimately uh, yoga is fundamentally about breathing well so is your yoga sort of accessible to all levels or do you you know how, how does it work when you start yoga yeah so people are often um, slightly worried about are they flexible enough um, yeah is the class uh, all abilities or all levels and every class that I offer there is definitely open to all abilities right. e- everything can be modified everything can be progressed um, so I offer lots of variations as I get to know people as well I get to know their bodies and what works for them and what doesn't and we're all very different and individual um, the vinyasa class on a Sunday is possibly it still could be for a beginner, but it's you need to know maybe some more of the moves. But yeah, it, it's all adaptable. The hardest class, I would say, is um, a more still-based practice. So to be able to meditate and hold still in a pose and breathe is one of the hardest things mm. we do, especially now as Westerners. Like We don't sit still. We're overstimulated in life all the time, day to day. Mm. And whether that is um, you know, your phone, the telly, your children, music playing, uh, the noise outside, there is always something that, you know, we're being bombarded with. And so to actually shut off and just listen to the sound of your breath, the sound of the room, super cliched, but the, the birds outside, the the creaking of the pipes as the heating, you know, relevant at the moment. But, it, you know, those sort of sounds, if you tune into them, you just become really present and aware and then you can start to understand, okay, where do I need to release some tension in my body? And mm. you're not aware necessarily that you're holding it in a clenched jaw, in your mm. fists, um, in your shoulders, or you've got a tightening around your hips. And everything slowly just starts to sort of melt away as you breathe and connect and you become more present in that moment. And you, you said about um, it's sort of accessible to everybody. So people of all ages can come to your classes. I'm, I'm personally trained from toddlers and up. So right. yes, personally, I, I do offer classes. I teach in some local schools as well, which yeah. is 
loads of fun. <laughs> um, it's a whole different ball game, obviously, teaching yoga to children. I find the hardest group to target is teens. And I wish that they were a little more open to receiving, you know, what yoga can offer them. So what we quite often have to do is repackage it as something else. Okay. <laughs> um, so what they're just not not interested in yoga. I feel not the... yeah, they 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 are one of the highest populations of being stressed out, aren't mm. they, at the moment? High anxiety. However, the thought of practicing yoga and imagining that they have to be in wearing something hippie pants incense burning they're gonna have to think about all those hard thoughts that they are trying to push away with everything else it can just be a really uncomfortable idea mm. um when they actually start like the majority of people then they become like hooked into feeling so good but it is how do you reach them in the first place yeah. you know when everything else to sit on a phone and just disappear into tiktok might be their way of releasing mm. and, and letting go mm. um, and not thinking about everything else. But it's all it is, is just fueling the fire. Absolutely. And it sounds like as well, what you're talking about is that mindset, having the right mindset. What are your thoughts on that with regards to yoga? Yeah, so it can be really difficult, it, whether you're a teen or an adult, um, to tune in and let go to or be o more open to um, having acceptance. So this week we've had a theme of saying yes emotionally, even if it's a negative thought. So as humans, we have the negative bias that, you know, that we tune into. And um, actually, if we sort of turn it on its head and say yes to a negative thought, as opposed to trying to fight it, mm. it just becomes a thought that you can pop on a cloud. Okay, it's there. We have acceptance and we push it away. So it becomes this idea of, of approaching the yoga practice with the mindset of we know it's going to be good for us, but approaching it and being able to observe the emotions as opposed to reacting to them mm. and being absorbed by them, which is what mm. happens quite a lot. Um, so yeah, the, the hard practice is the one where you come and obviously sink into that a little deeper mm. and and when you're in that and you really enjoy it um it becomes quite an addictive class mm. to come to um you may not be ready for that and then your mindset needs to maybe be trained into that avenue of thought mm. and so coming and just being able to move at a higher intensity which vinyasa may offer or stronger poses will offer we can sort of trick the mind to be thinking about the discomfort of the pose that you're in mm. and it's now not thinking about the stress and your to-do list and what's for dinner and where are the kids and mm. who have you not called and we can also do that with poses like balancing um, which are really beneficial for us obviously throughout life and especially as we get older but it's all of those little things that yoga offers us that just clicks us out of mm. thinking how would you say yoga has benefited you personally um well I am as I sort of touched on I'm a slightly frazzled mum of three daughters 18 uh nearly 14 and eight so we're hitting a good few areas of, <laughs> of uh milestones there and um i w we've suffered loss we you know we run our own business we you know i've, I've been through a lot up into my 42 years I, I lost a parent myself quite young so i've been through an emotional roller coaster and i always come back to uh, breath and movement it's what makes me feel the best mm. um in all honesty it doesn't mean that I never feel anything mm. negative and it doesn't mean that I float around on a cloud of 
positive loveliness all the time because mm. you definitely don't um it's just how I manage my stress maybe mm. and a strength that the yoga gives me is what keeps me steadfast mm. um and I think if I can offer that my experience out and how that helps me there's no doubt that it will help other people and I think that's just I, I love my space to be accessible to everybody mm. give or take the stairs up to yeah. the, the <laughs> studio which is unfortunate um but um it's a space where you can all come in and feel vulnerable and with no judgment and it doesn't mean that we all need to completely open up there but if you feel you want to there is um there was an article recently actually for the yoga journal about the yoga cry and you know it is a thing that people experience mm. and it is that sense of finally being able to let go and when you have that yoga cry um that release of emotions where oh mm. i was allowed to let go and and that mm. can happen through something intense like a pigeon pose mm. and you're in it and then the it's dis, it's uncomfortable mm. and the discomfort gets quite intense and then all of a sudden you're out and you you've released and you didn't realize you were holding on to so much emotion yeah. lauren cashman talking there to carrie overton you can hear the full interview on our listen again page on the meridian fm website for more information about spirit mind and body studio and the classes on offer visit spiritmindandbodystudio.com that's spiritmindandbodystudio.com. We'll post a link on Twitter at SundayReview107 and on facebook.com forward slash SundayReview107. Choir & Co are a non-audition choir open to all abilities and it's all to celebrate the joy of singing. They've also got an upcoming concert at St Swithin's Church in East Grinstead. Paul Tolmey spoke to Lynn Fallowell from the choir earlier this week. I've been singing with a, with a choir like this uh, since about 2009, I think, when, um, yes, when In Choir started. And then, unfortunately, In Choir is, is no longer. So uh, Karen, who used to be part of In Choir, um, Karen's now got her own choir called Choir and Co, the K-O being for yeah. Karen O'Connor, of course. Um, and, um, and we were at Sackville School, but we're now... Uh, here at um, the Jubilee Centre mm. on a Monday evening mm. uh, from 8 o'clock until 9.30. And we work hard. She works as hard, Karen does, but we also have a good old laugh while we're, while we're practising. Mm. That's what it's yeah. all about, though. That's right, it? yes. And as you said, yep, anybody's welcome. Anybody yeah. who just wants to sing and, in, and have a, um, you know, good... Uh, it's just... So good for you, isn't mm. it, singing? It's really good for your mental health and just well-being in general. And it just makes you feel happy. I mean, I mean, even during the, the lockdowns um, uh, when, and when we couldn't meet, mm. in, we, were, we were singing over Zoom, um, which is very strange because um, <clears throat> you, you're in, in your bedroom or wherever at home and basically you're singing to yourself. <laughs> but, mm. but, you know... It, it just it just helped and you've got the peop other people there on the screen so when you when you come back from that in from the zoom environment which we've all sort of come to love but it was essential at the time but we all sort of hate it now yeah. um did did you appreciate how much you've missed it oh absolutely yeah absolutely yeah even even when we were having some time still to sing with masks on yeah it was so much better mm. than um, just everyone on the screen on yeah because you can t 
talk to people and yeah oh no it's it's uh, it's amazing what difference it makes <laughs> yeah. no uh, so it's on saturday um saturday the 11th uh, 3 p.m down at uh, st swithin's that's right yes yes at swithin's church i mean it's a lovely church if um, you've not been in and there's plenty of room um for plenty of people so yeah do come along if you can but if you um if you are thinking of coming um even if you can't get a ticket in advance although you can email me um to um get one my uh, email address is on the flyer which is on the st swithin's uh, facebook yeah um set facebook page that should be on there um yeah and uh, i think it's on the st swithin's website it, yep. should, it tells you right how there. to contact me doesn't yep. it on there yeah and uh, and then um we can just have a, an idea of numbers for making the cakes and things that we are going to uh, supply um because there'll be tea and coffee cake um and maybe some sausage rolls or something um which are the refreshments that will be provided in the interval which is included in the price of your ticket are you going to be busy in the kitchen again well, I will definitely <laughs> be a yes making <laughs> cakes. I think I've, I think I've said I'm going to make uh, some ginger cake and some chocolate cake. Tickets are ten pounds, uh, including refreshments. All the all the proceeds are going to uh, in aid of family support work. That's right. To, uh, yes. Who are doing some great yeah. stuff is um, um, Church of England charity, which mm. provides one to one intensive help by qualified social workers to children and families across Sussex. Now we have our own uh, practitioner in East Grinstead and her name's Kelly Hollingdale and she's currently supporting 18 local families many of whom have um, multiple needs she visits homes and she provides listening parenting advice helps to manage money mm. support to find work referral to specialist services and attending appointments she advocates for families and helps supply food and clothing when it's needed um and fsw as you can imagine has rarely been needed by so many yeah. as much as it is now um so you know at the um under normal under normal circumstances there'd be about like four people waiting to be seen or, or coming you know ref being referred, referred yeah. every month yeah. and at the moment it's about that many a week so wow um yeah so it, that's we thought you know it's a really good opportunity to try and raise uh, some money by having a good old sing yeah. in the uh, instance within church mm. and uh, if you want to uh, if you go along and you want to find out more about the choir where are you where are you guys meeting if, if people um, um we are here at the jubilee center uh, in east grinstead and uh we're in the zambezi room yeah uh on the Monday evening from um, 8 o'clock until uh, 9.30. And, yeah, um, the, there is a website, a Choir & Co. website, and um, you can contact um, uh, Karen or, or Susan, who sort of does, deals with the financial side of it, um, uh, before you come along and let us know, let her know you're coming. And, and that, would be, that would be brilliant. Or... or if you just do it on the spur of the moment, why not? And yeah. you will be made very welcome. Lynn Fallowell in conversation with Paul Tolney. As a reminder, the concert is at 3pm on Saturday the 11th of February at St Swithin's Church in East Grinstead. 
It's all in aid of the Family Support Work charity. Tickets are £10 each and include refreshments. They're available in advance by emailing lynnfallowell at gmail.com. That's lynnfallowell at gmail.com. For more information about the choir, you can visit choirandco.com. That's choirandko.com. And that's it for the latest edition. We've got all the information on the features you've heard today on Twitter at SundayReview107 or on facebook.com forward slash SundayReview107. I'll be back on air next Sunday morning from 10am on 107 Meridian FM or on meridianfm.com or you can download the latest podcast. Until then, take care and have a great week ahead.